0: Brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that shares your values. More information is available at charitymobile.com. The debate about the efficacy of Francis' consecration this past week now rages among traditional Catholics. There have emerged two camps those who hope that because Francis named the country that needed to be named, and because he did it with the backing of a large number of bishops of the church, that it was successful. The other camp has reservations, mostly due to the contents of the consecratory prayer itself and the intent that it showed, as well as because of Francis going beyond what was requested by Our Lady. Regardless of where you stand with this, Francis has been successful in accomplishing one thing, further dividing traditionally minded Catholics. Please, I beg you, don't Get into this game of excommunicating your brother and sister from your life because of differing opinions on this topic. Don't mock people about this, please. That only serves the interests of the enemies of the church who occupy her highest offices. Today, I'm going to present arguments from both camps for you in the most neutral way that I can, so you can know what is being said and why, because this question is going to hang over everything that happens in the coming days, weeks, and months. And there is something else that hangs over all of this as well, and I'll mention that towards the end. So let's get into this topic. Let's begin with the argument for the validity of Francis' consecration, which is probably the most commonly expressed, either because people honestly believe that his consecration was valid and that it fulfilled heaven's request, or because those expressing it are hopeful and don't want to express or entertain the negative opinion. And I understand that, trust me. I want this consecration to bear fruit as well. One version of that argument that is well expressed comes from Father Giovanni Cavalcoli, a Dominican priest who has taken it upon himself to address the main underlying concern expressed by those who doubt Francis' consecration. That doubt is based on him going beyond what Our Lady requested. Many have expressed that doubt because Francis did more than what was requested by Our Lady of Fatima. The priest has a response to that criticism that needs to be known by people who don't hold to it. Here are a couple of excerpts from his message that was posted in Italian by Vatican journalist Marco Tosati, and I used a translation algorithm to make this work. Quote, It is not necessary that the consecration that the Pope will make to Our Lady is in perfect line with that which Sister Lucy requested at the time because times have changed. It is true that even today, the country in question constitutes a danger to the world, but in a much lesser form and degree than the spread of communism in the world, to which Our Lady referred. If anything, this danger today comes from the Middle Kingdom. The problem with the requested country is that it fails to be European, as St. John Paul II had outlined it as the right lung of Europe, and this because of the Schism of 1054. That country's leader's violence, certainly unjustifiable, is similar to the jealousy of certain southern husbands betrayed by their wives. Interestingly, he is mixing the message of Fatima with the particulars of the present crisis, which I'm not sure is advisable, but I won't further comment on it beyond that. The priest goes on to describe the Orthodox and Catholic divide in both countries and how that is fueling a mocking of Christianity by the enemies of the faith, who are seeking to take advantage of this divide for their own ends. That's objectively true. The enemies of Christ are always looking to advance whenever the house is divided, and it's something that traditional Catholic movement should take note of now instead of promoting divisions based on differing opinions of this past weekend's events in our own ranks. But let's continue with the priest. For this reason, in order to obtain peace, the resumption of ecumenical dialogue, in particular between the Pope and Cyril, is very important. It is necessary, as St. John Paul II taught us, that we Catholics together with the Orthodox rediscover the Christian roots of Europe. The present war is caused by the leaders of world stonecuttery, which, present in the US and using the EU, wants to dominate the world and eliminate Christianity. In this way, realizing the danger of the union movement among Christians, she decided to hinder it by putting one against the other. The instruments of the stonecutters are the modernists, but some Orthodox are also influenced by German pantheism, which produced Nietzsche's Will-Zu-Macht and the ideology of the 1930s and 40s. The Stonecutters, by hindering ecumenical work, has thus tragically managed to accentuate the same internal contrast that has existed in the subject country since the time of St. Josephette, with the division between Catholics and Orthodox. We will have peace when the Orthodox submit to the papacy, and only one fold is built under one shepherd." And he's absolutely right in that last statement, and he even sounds a bit like Vigano overall, and his invoking of the stonecutters and their program for the world. The original error among those warned about by Our Lady is schism, and the schism will end. Our Lady promised that when she promised the conversion of that country would be an effect of the consecration. That is one of the things to watch for in the coming months. Whether it is immediate or it takes place on a timetable more akin to the conversion of Mexico after the arrival of Our Lady of Guadalupe is really anyone's guess. But that is one of the promised outcomes. Sister Lucia always said that the conversion would mean an ending of the schism between the Orthodox and the Catholic Church. The other view is articulated by Yves de Lassos in an opinion piece presented over on LifeSite. The author goes over the common objection that Our Lady asked for a specific country, not the whole world, and generally dismisses concerns about the inclusion of that second country in the consecration that was done, but zeroes in on this objection. The whole world. All of humanity is one of the deal-breakers for that position. Quote, The addition of ourselves, the church, and humanity means that Our Lady's request is not fulfilled. End quote. Why? Because that goes beyond what heaven asked for, a worry that many of us were expressing in the lead-up to the consecratory event. And we see examples of that sort of failing all throughout sacred scripture. It is there. And people are dismissing that concern, and I don't know why. But the author goes far further than that, and I'm going to quote their piece in Lifesite a little more extensively here in order to present their idea ad- adequately. Quote, Order to all bishops. The letter of the Pope asks all the bishops to make this act. I ask you to join in this act by inviting priests, religious, and the faithful to gather in their churches and places of prayer on March 25th so that the holy people of God may ri- raise a sincere and choral supplication to marry our mother. Moreover, Even before receiving the Pope's letter, the bishops of the Latin American Episcopal Conference and the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, the largest part of the American continent, had decided on their own to participate in this consecration. Act of Repair There is no formal indication of an act of reparation, but the second paragraph of the proposed prayer can be seen as responding to this request, since it lists a series of faults ending with, Now with shame we cry out, Forgive us, Lord, first Saturdays of the month. Finally, and this is the most serious point, there is never any mention of reparative communion on the first Saturdays of the month. Now, this request is particularly important and cannot be omitted for the following reasons. The first reason, the main purpose of the apparitions of Fatima is the salvation of sinners through the establishment in the world of devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. This is a will of God himself that Our Lady entrusted to the little visionaries. On June 13, 1917, she told them, Jesus wants to establish in the world devotion to my Immaculate Heart, To those who embrace this devotion, I promise salvation. These souls will be cherished by God as flowers placed by me to adorn his throne. The request was repeated almost word for word on July 13, 1917. To save souls, God wants to establish devotion to my Immaculate Heart in the world. If we do what I am going to tell you, many souls will be saved and we will have peace. In an act that it should obtain so many graces for us, it is therefore indispensable to respect the spirit of the apparitions of Fatima and to ensure that it participates concretely in the establishment of devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. The second reason Our Lady said on July thirteenth nineteen seventeen, I will come to ask for the consecration of that country to my Immaculate Heart and for the reparative communion of the first Saturdays of the month. If my requests are listened to, that country will be converted and there will be peace. And not my request. This means that if all of her requests are not fulfilled, that country will not be converted and there will be no peace. The third reason. Of the two requests stated on July 13th, the Blessed Virgin came first to ask for the reparative communion of the first Saturdays of the month. In fact, she asked for it on December 10th, 1925, in Pontevedra. a request repeated on February 15th, 1926, three years before asking for the consecration. The first request is necessarily more important than the second. End quote. She asked for that before the consecration request and asked for it multiple times, and yet there was no mention of it at the event. Bishop Athanasius weighed in on this and said that while the consecration met the request of heaven, there was a deficiency in the lack of this request being acted upon. His analysis is short but nuanced. Quote, Our Lady did not say that papal approval of the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays should be a part of the formula of consecration. She asked for papal approval of this practice only with a view to obtaining the fruits she promised by the act of consecration. Papal approval could be manifested, for instance, in a decree from the Apostolic Penitentiary saying that the faithful who practice the communion of reparation on the five first Saturdays will obtain a plenary indulgence. Such a decree generally indicates that it has been approved by the Holy Father. End quote. I would add that such a decree should be expressed by Francis or his successor if Francis' tenure as Pope comes to an unexpected end soon, with force almost backed by a plea, citing the urgency of our lady that she placed on the first Saturdays. And I echo that urgency here. If you need to complete the you only need to complete the five first Saturdays devotion, one time in your life to meet her request as expressed by Sister Lucia, though many faithful Catholics do continuously keep the First Saturday devotion, and I am certain that they experience great graces as a consequence of that. I've done numerous videos on the five First Saturdays, and I'll try to have one in the pinned comment or in today's show notes at return to Tradition.org so you can get more information. But there is another shadow looming over all this, that of the Pacamama demon. There are accusations related to a title attributed in the consecratory prayer to a title that is used by followers of the Pacamama demon, and that is true, there is evidence for that. But it is also true that the same title can be seen attributed to Our Lady Among Various Saints, and Dr. Taylor Marshall went over that himself in a couple of videos recently, and I recommend that you check them out. It's not so cut and dry, which is part of the problem. There are a series of events in the recent years of the Francis reign that shows that the Paca Demon is an enduring problem in Rome. Francis keeps promoting the Pachydemon, and worse, he always does it on major Marian feast days and on days important to Marian saints. And I'll go over that later in the week, because I think it's too big of a story to be ignored, and it's too big to cover here. But once it's laid out coherently, it becomes obvious why there are doubts because of even the remote possibility of the Pachydemon being involved. It's also worth noting that Father Isaac Marie Relia released a video on his Soldiers of the Immaculate channels, and forcefully expressed that, in his estimation, this consecration will not be accepted by heaven. You should go watch that to see his take quoting him will not do him justice, since Father Isaac just has a way of expressing himself that leaves an impression on you. A link to that will be in today's show notes as well. So what did you think of this? My goal here was simple. I wanted to bring both sides of the debate to you, so you can know what these arguments are, and I wanted to avoid taking too obvious a side in it. And I only avoided that because there is a growing division among traditional Catholics over the consecration, and that is a real tragedy because we weren't exactly united to begin with. This isn't just the pseudo-trads who tell us to submit to Francis because he's actually secretly great and based and everything else, and that we should adopt modernist thinking, which is a problem that is very real among some self-described traditional Catholics. No, this division is seen among many in the recognize and resist wing of things, And those more like myself who think recognize and resist is too moderate for our liking. Do not let these divisions grow, and don't feed into them. No excommunications among our own for having an opinion on this that we don't personally adhere to. That is my plea to you. But let me know what you think about this debate in the comments, please. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help, especially in these times where our voices just aren't being heard that much anymore. Pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.